Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamplett from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also Raw, NXT, Dubai, oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a big quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we do that, we should probably deal with the elephant in the room, Michael Hamlet. Another day, another round of WWE releases. This news sort of broke overnight. Uh, we talked about it on the news today. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Um, WWE releasing John Morrison, everyone left in hit row, those being top dollar Ashanti the Adonis and the brilliant Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Sean Thorne and Jackson Riker. Your reaction to this news? Um, so I remember a couple of weeks ago we did a podcast because we were fortunate enough to be able to record almost immediately after the shocking night where so many more went for the first time in a while, the Keith Lee set of releases, yeah. I think people remember that. At the time, the story was that there were several more in the bubble and decisions were yet to be made. It kind of feels like that was these guys, doesn't it? You can speculatively maybe think that that was the case. John Morrison springs to mind, because I believe he was on the tour when Ty Valkyrie got a walking papers, and I thought, that's kind of crass. And then it made me think, well, maybe he would have been gone if he was there and all that sort of thing. It's tricky. I, I don't want to be unsympathetic. Again, we tried to put this across last time. There are changes, there are job losses, there are job gains. That's sort of how wrestling works. It's crass that WWE use budgetary reasons for the you know, the rationale for it. Um, but I wonder if the mood is changing on this sort of thing. I wonder if some of the wrestlers themselves, devastated as they might be, unfair as it will absolutely feel because they have so little control over a career that is then terminated by the organization the organization that is designed to make this career as profitable as possible fails fails them and then punishes them by costing them their income yeah that's an unpleasant reality of how WWE have been doing business and indeed how wrestling has typically worked but um there's been a general vibe of onwards and upwards from a lot of them um and you can only hope that people's mental health won't be impacted by it and they'll be able to come through to the other side and the ones that want to stick at this will find greener pastures. Um, 
I, I'm loath in these situations to do, oh, I hope AW signs this person or this mm. person, because I then worry how that might reflect on the other people. I'm not suggesting that. I don't want those other people to not be able to find work if wrestling is what they want to do. But they should sign Tegan Knox. They should absolutely sign Tegan Knox and they should sign Swerve Scott. Like, and by that, I mean, when I say they, I mean AW. Like, there are some that, as is always the case with these releases, there are some that stick out and you can't think, well... That's absolutely more on you, WWE, than it is on anything the wrestler could have done. Um, I feel sorry. This is going to sound like a bit, because for so long we made him a bit. But I feel really sorry for Shane Thorne. I do. Yeah. Slapjack was an impossible job. When we were taking the piss out of Slapjack, we weren't taking the piss out of Shane Thorne. No, the very point of Slapjack being that specific punchline, and like all the best jokes need explaining, was that they put a paper plate on the motherfucker's face and expected you to take him seriously. So, of course, he was the ludicrous suggestion for a mystery partner or the idea for first draft because there was no stupid-looking wrestler. That was them. That was a them call. Slapjack the name. Retribution the gimmick. All of that sort of stuff. It's career-killing stuff. And I, we won't stop laughing at the silliness, but you all, it does always come with the side of, this could cost somebody their job. And with increasing regularity, it is doing. WWE's ineptitude continues to cost people their livelihoods. And you can only hope that for the ones that do find... Um, you know, passage new in other organisations or successful runs on the indies or impact or whatever it is they want to do, you can only hope then after the fact they can say this was better for me than just staying put and spinning my wheels in a company that never had any grand designs on me at all. Astonished that they didn't do more with the likes of, of Swerve, Tegan Knox, and John Morrison, in my opinion. But this this news, uh, I didn't see it last night. I came in this morning and, and, and Andy informed me that was our mm. lead and, and basically all of our news stories for the news, understandably. And I, I didn't get as riled up, let's say, as I did when I, I found out the news about Keith Lee et al. Mm. I think I now it's, it's a sort of grim acceptance that I take it with. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed, because I am still angry. Mm. It's one of those things where, I, to a certain extent, I can understand WWE releasing people. Their their roster is far, far too big. I think the the way they go about it, though, as always, the justification, budget cuts, what a load of bollocks that is. And, yeah, a real sense of disappointment, um, particularly with the likes of, of Knox and, and Swerve, man, who I had such high hopes for on the main mm. roster. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to say anymore about it. It's just... So frustrating, uh, and yet now it's become almost a regular occurrence. I mean, I think Andrew Zarian of uh, Brilliant Matt Men Pro Wrestling Podcast said that he'd heard from his sources um, that the last round of cuts was going to be the final one of this year. We're now up to 79 releases this year. Wow. I mean, like, just on your point of, uh, I don't really have it, don't have the anger that I might have felt once upon a time for this thing. I know people, not everybody likes it when we get a bit political on it, but that's like how capitalism wins, isn't it? You normalise what was once the shocking and the disgusting, and the more you keep doing it, the more people go, oh yeah, fair enough, and then somebody has a go at you for saying, oh, well, I suppose you use Google, and I suppose you go to McDonald's, yeah. and it's just like, like straight away, then you've got like people divided, and that's it. That's how this system, this society that most of us have to exist in works, unfortunately. It just becomes the normal, and on you go. Um, in terms... I, the thing, what I will say is that, and we do these previews every week, there are a lot of WWE, in spite of all of these cuts, 79, did you say, for yeah. this year? So they've released 79 wrestlers, and yet I can't think of a preview show we do where one of the featured bullet points in your list 
feels like redundant, time-wasting television. And these are the featured performers. We might have talked about Hit Row this week. We would have done it if we had... Because we, we didn't have time. Well, it was a bit all over the place yeah. this week and with, with me being off and, and all the other stuff that's been going on. We didn't have time to review SmackDown. But they had a wrap-off with Jinder and Shanky. It was going week. somewhere. So that would have featured, right? And yet even that feels... I, I wish I could come up with a better word right now in light of what we're talking about. But even that felt redundant. Yeah. Even that felt fluff and just... These are the talents that are theoretically being featured and then being released. So like, just now it means out. Nothing means anything. And it just, as I say, my only hope for it, I guess, is the in the, the bigger picture and in the grand scheme of things, the wrestlers that want to pursue this and keep at it will be able to pursue it and keep at it in a way that maybe rewards their artistic endeavour a little bit more and retains the integrity of whatever it is. They've, you know, these are still, despite huge contracts being handed out by major organisations, these are still fundamentally like sandwich boards, themselves yeah they've got to go out and they're like and the board that WWE puts over the top of them instead of the one that they can put over themselves like it's going to be an awful bland plain cheese sandwich <laughs> whereas they can create this beautiful artisan creation by themselves go and do it you know yeah exactly uh, and I'll just end by saying exactly what I say every time yeah uh, if you're a fan of one of these wrestlers that's got released if mm. you're as frustrated as we are go and support them whether that be going yeah. to buy their merch or simply just following up with them when, I think the 90-day runs out in, sometime in February, mm. when they're allowed to go and do indie dates, go and go along and watch them and support them because, yeah, they deserve your support now more than ever. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use WWE's weapon against them here, Hamlet. Mm. Switching gears now, <laughs> uh, let's talk about SmackDown tonight then, the go-home show ahead of Survivor Series. We will, of course, despite our feelings, it's a weird... Uh, balancing act we have to do here. Despite our feelings right now towards WWE, we will, of course, be doing the live stream for Survivor Series on Sunday. Uh, there'll be podcasts all around it across the weekend as well, of course. So do join myself and Phil Chambers for the live stream. And me and Hamlet will be doing an extended preview for Survivor Series that comes out tomorrow and reviewing the show afterwards as well. Um, few questions ahead of tonight's show. Uh, like I said, we didn't have a chance to review last week's show, mm. which featured Aaliyah having her first match, if I'm not mistaken, winning, then getting removed from Team SmackDown, and now apparently replaced by Tony Storm. Happy for Tony Storm, but this is all over the bloody place. It is. Um, I had to go home SmackDown tonight. If I could, would be permitted to quote from a classic chart hit of the early 90s, 1993, I think this burst into the UK top 10. I imagine it was a global hit, but it was just one that I'm very familiar with. I remember rushing out to the shop and buying the tape Eight years old as I was at the time, very excited. It was a little-known song you might have heard of called WrestleMania. <laughs> and if I could quote from that for just a second, I'd like to relive this lyric. Are you ready for the Survivor Series? <laughs> because WWE aren't, like, they have just spent the bulk of the month not promoting it, gone full ball with about a week and a half to go, and then change the teams repeatedly. <laughs> they lay, they, it was a Saturday, was it not? Two weeks ago. Yeah. That they leaked the team. Not leaked. They announced the teams on Twitter, which in itself drew this conversation of, like, what what are we doing here? You know, like, what has all this television been for if you're just going to go, like, Bleh, and just put some graphics on? And then you proceed to make, what is this, the fourth or fifth change to the teams? Dominic Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Uh, Aaliyah. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. That, that's four and counting. And have we not still got a... I could be wrong about this. Is there not a TBC kicking around somewhere? Is it the men's yeah, Survivor Series? The men's replacing, yeah, who's replacing Sammy? We'll talk about that in due course. Is Woods not out as well? 
Woods, at time of recording, Woods is on the team. Drew, Jeff, Woods, Corbin, TBA uh, for Team SmackDown right, okay. and the men's side of things. Uh, team Raw, Rollins, Balor, Owens, Lashley, and now Austin Theory, of course, yeah. following Monday Night Raw. Uh, women's side of things, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina for Team Raw. And Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and, well, at least according to Wikipedia right now, Tony Storm. The thing is, right, and we're going to get to this in the talk of, and this might be on the Survivor Series preview as well as this one, we're going to get into this in the discussion around the builds of Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. There is no one prescribed way to try and build a, like a wrestling feud anymore or tell a story. There are ways in which you can work within the confines of a shoot, you know, a big word in wrestling, but like the, the reality of which we know about because there is no wrestling internet anymore. We're not this minute cabal of fans that buy the Observer. It's Most things are open to most fans. So a situation like replacing a Leah with Tony Storm can be viewed through the prism of kayfabe, which is, oh no, Leah's been removed and now I'm going to root for her to fight from underneath because she's been unjustly trapped by, you know, Sonia Deville or whoever, you know, the, the various reasons in which you would write a character like Aaliyah out of this. Or you look at it from a reality point of view and be like, well, were they unimpressed with their efforts in that six-woman match last week? Did Vincent Mann hold it against her because she was a little bit sick? Like, and they caught it on camera. And I know that sounds flippant, but yeah. it's not like there's not... 20, 30 years of precedent <laughs> suggests that kind of thing might piss him off. And uh, and in goes Tony Storm. And then the third way is like, oh, Tony Storm's great. So objectively, this might be a really good replacement for the benefit of the match. Um, it's not been earned from a television point of view. I can't sit here and say to you, well, six weeks ago when Tony Storm said, oh, my mum loved Edith's stuff and was giving Boogs the eye to wind up Dolph Ziggler, I cannot possibly draw a line from that to, and now she's on the Survivor Series yeah, She was team. challenging Charlotte Flair last week for the title. Absolutely no narrative line to be drawn that I can see. Um, it's just, it's a thing. Stuff just happens. It's official. Stuff just happens because it's happening. And Tony Storm joining the Survivor Series team is one of those things. Yes, better match. Yes, feel bad for Leah. Yes, don't know what I'm supposed to think of this from a kayfabe point of view. Let's deal with the, the men's side of things then uh, as well. Who replaces Sami Zayn on Team SmackDown? It, it, you'd see it coming last week, obviously, with him moaning to Postman Pierce and then the match mm. with Jeff Hardy. And you're like, well, you're not taking Jeff Hardy off that team. Um, so, yeah, well, I think I know who your, your answer is going to be, but I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to, to know who you think takes his spot, who fills that silhouette. On that's, the- I like this because that has immediately thrown me. Because I don't know who you think I think it's going to be, which is pretty good, which is making me, rather than having a suggestion, is making me think I should try and think who you think I should think it should be. And the only person I had in mind, because Adam Pearce has been this dickhead (laughs) lately, (laughs) who's just all about making a mess and like trying to create tension between the teams. I would love it, because this would be the night to announce it, if somebody, Adam Pearce has somebody lined up Somebody rubbish, let's say, like Madcap Moss. Oh, he was there in the graphic anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the team, Madcap Moss. And then Madcap Moss is F5'd into oblivion by returning Brock Lesnar. Oh, my God. Who takes the spot whether Adam Pearce wants it or not. And Adam Pearce's bottom lip is wobbling and his knees are trembling because Brock's just coming and taking it. It was like, I'm coming to Survivor Series. I'm going to battle all the Raws a lot. I'll probably battle SmackDown's lot as well. And then I'm coming for you. Oh, uh, God. Something along those lines. But I know that wasn't who you thought I was thinking of. So who did you think that I was thinking of 
for thinking of the Survivor Series before we get to the real way to arrive upon exactly, who's going to be the yes, team which member. is probably the way the WWE does it. Right. Well, I just looked at the two teams. We've talked about this before, and, I, and I'm, I'm thinking if I'm Bobby Lashley, for example, mm-hmm. on Team Raw, who wants to win the match, really make a statement, take Drew McIntyre on that match. No offense to King Woods, who I'm a huge fan of, of course, or Happy Corbin, yeah. uh, or Jeff Hardy, or whoever. I mean, it's, it's Team Raw all the way on that one in terms mm-hmm. of who, who you put your money on. So I just think they need a big dominant force, maybe someone who first showed up literally last week and I don't think said a word and just stood next to Postman Pierce because course, apparently he's his course. new bodyguard now yeah. or something. Nah, that's looking good, isn't it, it? I mean, to be fair, he would bring a lot of heart to the team. <laughs> I'm talking Von Wagner. I think you're bang right. I think you're absolutely bang right. Um, I mean, he's rode his bike all the way to the arena, so he might as well get rewarded with a match because he's warmed up. Um, for those... We should do this, shouldn't we? For those that don't know who Von Wagner is. Oh, yeah. You know, let's let's do what WWE don't, which is explain who this giant guy was that suddenly come to help Postman Pierce out. Von Wagner is um, a NXT 2.0 invention. <laughs> and by that, I mean, if you've never watched NXT 2.0, when it debuted, they just debuted 50 wrestlers and pretended that we had to know who they were all this time. Well, he's got a connection to the previous NXT, of course, because he's... Very much the fifth member of the Undisputed Era that nobody ever talked about. Yeah, yeah Kyle O'Reilly's on-screen best friend because everybody apart from Roderick Strong has left him. Um, they've had vignettes together, going out camping in the woods, going cycling. They work tag matches together. He may or may not have absolutely physically destroyed Kyle O'Reilly, and Kyle O'Reilly doesn't know it, and that's going <laughs> to lead that's going to lead to Kyle O'Reilly's uh, on-screen write-off from well, not just NXT but WWE forever, possibly. Brass tacks, tall, good head of hair, big body. <laughs> And thus, pushed. There you go. Um, but let's do the way they're actually going to pick yeah. as much as we could sit here and say, wouldn't it be nice if Cesaro, for example, made the team? Love this game. I've got the uh, SmackDown roster here at WWE.com up. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go up and down on it. Yeah. Uh, if we get someone that's already on the team, we'll just, we'll just you know, okay. roll again. We'll go again. Um, but tell me when to stop. And then whatever in the center of my screen, then pick a number between one and four. Mm-hmm. And that will be the person who replaces... Sami Zayn on the uh, on the team. In the spirit of it being Sami Zayn who was being replaced, I've got a very special way that I'd like you to halt your search, if I may. Can I just... Yeah. yeah. So you tell me when you're going up and down. Yeah, ready whenever you are. So just think of Sami Zayn's recent big rivalries, right? Stop right now. Thank right, you very much. Right, okay. Wow, okay. I pick a number between <laughs> between... One and four. This could go one of very uh, interesting ways. Well, in the spirit of uh, Sami Zayn's most recent rivalry, it's got to be two or one. I'll go two. Well, two's already on the team. Okay. So in which case, two becomes one. So, ladies and gentlemen, I said it, whatever it is. Yeah. This I'm not happening. all that. The only rule I said is if they're on the team, we have to roll again. Yeah, didn't say any other rules. So we've willed this into existence. You've willed this into existence. Oh, God. Not, oh, God. oh no, I don't like this, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. Introducing Team SmackDown taking on, let's not forget, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory. Oh, no. Is Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and Hey, Kayla! Kayla Braxton, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen! Oh, God. 
You're incredibly close from having Mace or Michael Cole. On Michael. The team. <laughs> oh man! But instead, you have selected Kayla Braxton. Sorry, Kayla. Big fan. Uh, so um, Paul Heyman made this happen. <laughs> Paul, Paul Heyman made a couple of calls. <sighs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on and talk about the rest of this. Actually, no, sticking with the Survivor Series theme. Mm -hmm. Are we going to get any invasion, any brand warfare? Could, for example, could Big E show up tonight? He's, he's got a bit of justification, to be fair. Yeah, I think tonight is actually the night. Um... If it's not Big E, I could foresee um, RK Bro being the ones. Well, Riddle specifically. Randy Orton was a oh, God, little yeah. bit pissed off that Riddle is mixing in with other people's business because Randy Orton has realised that he kind of cares about this. And Riddle is making... Like, it's basically... Riddle presents obstacles for Randy. Once upon a time, it was like, Christ, why do I have to hang around with you? Now it's, Christ, I've kind of gotten used to you. Why are you making this difficult for us? So Riddle could be looking for a bit of uh, revenge on the Usos to build up to that. What should be a pretty great match? Like, I don't want to, I never want to just normalize the fact that, like, watching Riddle makes me feel awkward. We took a long time to talk about Jay Lethal this week. And I think we've got to, like, try and retain the energy as yeah. best as possible for these wrestlers that maybe don't deserve such a free ride. Um but they're big on him, and that's going to happen. So possibly Riddle. Big E would be the preferable one because as much as on Raw, on Raw, he made it clear that, yes, he's got beef with Owens that needs to be addressed, and Seth's got the contract and all that. He, he's watching now. He knows what Roman Reigns has been doing, and that crown was an insult to him. That was an insult to his best friend's dream and all that sort of stuff. I, I like the match with... Um, I like Roman versus Big E. So much more for there being story rather than being Raw versus SmackDown champion versus champion. So to me, this is like one of the prime occasions where you actually can send the wrestlers over. And there's a there's a there's a reason rather than just Big E turning up in his red shirt. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's why I ordinarily I wouldn't particularly call for SmackDown to be under siege. We've, we've oh yeah, that's we've, I was trying to remember what the phrase was. We've done this stuff before. 
but there's a in-character motivation for Big E beyond the colour of his shirt, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, again, it pisses me off every year, because people say, oh, Survivor Series is rubbish, and I was like, everything around it is rubbish. Mm. On the night, it does just sort of fall into place. Again, probably linking back to Sidrick's thing about, well, yeah, because they're all great wrestlers, but like... As much as I've been like, have they realised it's Survivor Series? We sat here three weeks ago and went, they do know it's like three weeks away, don't they? You know, we always talk about the curve and the low bar that WWE have to limbo under to make something even worse than the worst. The curve with this, whatever happens tonight, nothing, nothing will ever be as bad as Little Road Dog's face in the tank when NXT. Like, a lot of people have a certain affection, and I get it, for the NXT tank invasion on that SmackDown, but little road dog behind the wheel. He's got his big Santa beard on by this point. Sean and Triple H are allowed outside the, like, by the cannon, but he's not. He's got a, hey, road dog, you're driving, mate. Like, don't think you're standing on top. But, like, yeah, like, Becky, as much as I would love to have seen, you know, a a Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, or whatever Mm. it may be, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, we'll talk more about it on the the extended preview Survivor Series, is mouth-watering. And yeah, Big E versus Roman Reigns. I mean, they, they, they haven't really done a lot, and yet they have done some quite nice stuff with the Usos and the Bloodline generally, mm-hmm. you know, taking Kofi Kingston out of it, and then Roman just being f- furious and stealing the King's <laughs> crown. The winner is the King. <laughs> uh, and now, if Becky or Big E or RK Bro shows up, I will kind of be like, oh, I'm really into this now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on tonight's SmackDown is a major return of someone very close to, to our hearts here at What Culture. One of our most underrated, I think it's fair to say, wrestlers within WWE. The return of Sheamus. I would have had him, personally, go away for a little bit longer. Maybe he is the one who takes yeah, the spot, obviously, on the, the Survivor Series team. I wanted to go him to go away to miss him a little bit more. And yet, anytime he's in the ring, I'm kind of into it. And we've got this fascinating story for him to walk back into where randomly... Key word is that we've got this fascinating story because yeah. we've bought all the way into this. This random new thing where they've brought Ridge Bloody Holland up from uh, from NXT, <laughs> who's just, yeah, a hard bastard from Yorkshire. That's that's all you need to know. I bet, you, I bet you him and Mel B got on that house on fire. You all right, Ridge? You all right, Mel? How's it going? So... He's come in and you've gone, ah, oh, well, we know how this plays out. And then he's suddenly gone, me and my mates used to love watching Seamus and we watch him in pub. Big yeah, Because everyone was watching, yeah, everyone definitely went, Gary, put Royal Rumble on. <laughs> Piss off. We all had to you know we had to go to specific bars if yeah. you're watching the Royal Rumble here in the UK. Not talking to you. Your watch is Aggie, man. It's worse than your um, Alexa at home. Yeah. What is, what's it called? It's an Apple Watch. I don't really know. Anne-Louise won it at work, and she didn't want it. So what's the, like, I was going to say, what's the safe word? What's the word that keeps bringing it to life? She's always, me, me, me. So, leave me alone. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. You know what it was? It's because you mentioned wanting to go to the pub. What's it? Yeah, so Ridge Ridge Bully Holland's got this weird obsession with Seamus. He's infatuated with him. And then Cesaro last week was like, He's my mate. <laughs> so I, I'm really excited to see Seamus not just come back and, you know, bro kick some chump's head off, mm. but then have this, I don't know, two's company, three's a crowd thing with with Cesaro and 
and Ridley Allen trying to make them the rugger buggers. It's what it's what um, it's what uh, British tabloids would call a tug of love. Yeah, isn't it? Like the, I lo- I love this. I want uh, like we are bar. We are no bar, like a three-man bar. I, I, I don't want a fight here. I want a team. I think they'd be a class. Oh, they would be yes. a class three-man unit. Like you position them as baby faces to have a run at bloody bloodline. <laughs> oh, Bloody bloodline, I'm bloody sick of your rubbish. And then when that fails and they turn heel, no day, more like all day, more like boring day. I, I, love, I love we are no bar. No bar, that's what I want. I, I think they're great. I... It's a earn- great learning place as well, genuinely, for yeah. Ridge Holland. I earnestly like... So the thing is, right, and I, for our American listeners, where what Will Bond is observing here, where this falls down is in two places, right? Number one, um, wrestling in a pub makes total sense to those within WWE because I've been in bars in America where there's WWE on in the background, and in their mind, it's just like, oh, you would go into a pub in England and, like, live sport is often fought over in pubs. Like if there's, not physically fought over, but like if there's football on and it might clash with, um, like one game might clash with another, or there might be rugby on, there'll be this little bit of tension of like, oh, can we uh, get the match on? It's like, oh, the rugby's on or the cricket on or stuff like that. But these are kind of British institutions. Yeah. Never in my life as a wrestling fan or as a wrestling fan that could sit in a pub of I thought, can you uh, turn the football over, please? Because uh, there's a repeat of SmackDown on. And I say repeat of SmackDown. Excuse me, love. Can you put Raw Rewind on, please? <laughs> and we say repeat of SmackDown and Raw Rewind because it, you're not going to be in a pub at three in the morning yeah. watching Raw Live. That that doesn't happen. That's not a thing. Number two. never. Have, I've never been in a, lo- a lock-in, which is where they close the pub. Yeah, yeah. But they've certainly never gone, wait, is it Raw tonight? Well, I'm a lock-in <laughs> for that. Number two. The idea that three friends would sit around a pub and be like, all right, can you stick Raw on for us? Would sit there with the pints. And then, and again, this is, I think, where WWE assumes that like bar culture in America is the same as pub culture in the UK. If you had the gall to somehow convince a pub to put your bloody wrestling on <laughs> in a pub, you're not going to sit there with your pints and go and just be as if you're a fan in the building. Seamus, 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 Seamus. Get another pint. Seamus. Like, Myth, 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 yeah. myth. So, the, like, to us, the visual is so stupid. But, but, I think it's believable enough in America that you just accept it. Just take it as red. And Ridge Buddy Holland, of all the people to cast as a big Seamus fan, look at his age. Look at what he did in the past. He was a rugby player, much yeah. like much like Cesaro, as you say, the rugger buggers. Um, Seamus is exactly the sort of guy that he would go for. And I, I buy it. That's the thing about this. I'll, I'll buy it. And if you put them, buy it, and you put them together, I can't really see them failing in terms of having good matches. No. Like, Ridge Holland is going to be brought along by this. So, it's silly, but there's sillier stuff that, like, might work. Yeah. I've seen stupider stuff get over. <laughs> That's the, that should be a tagline for every time WWE. Well, I've seen stupider stuff get <laughs> over. Uh, finally, we've also got a match to look forward to tonight. Bloody hell. Teammates. Can they coexist on Sunday? <laughs> Before that, they're having a fight. It's Shotzi versus Sasha Banks. I've written Shotzi Blackheart in my notes. What am I thinking? Not there, which is that name? It's ironic. It should be. She's actually turned heel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're um, they're doing so. I we'll go into this a bit more on the Survivor Series. Um, I've put my predictions up on whatculture.com, but we'll flesh them out in the podcast. Um, I assumed, like I imagine a lot of people, that you build a little mini story on SmackDown between Shotzi and Sasha, but you don't get the match yet because they've got a team up first and it maybe there'll be an implosion on Sunday and then that's a yeah, match afterwards. 
Yeah, both. <laughs> you get the match to build to the implosion to build to the second match. Yeah. This is going nowhere. This is not going to a finish. I can't see Shotty getting the shock win. I can't see Sasha going over Shotty at this stage. I can see the team not being able to keep them separated. And it's like, they're going to have a fight for a bit. And then the fight's going to get out of hand. And Michael Cole's like, hey, I wanted a wrestling match, but I didn't want to see our SmackDown team come to blows like this. Like they're going to smash their faces into the stairs or the table or the post or whatever. The referee's not going to be able to part them. The team are going to have to come out, part the blue sea, as it were. Well, the blue and the green sea, I guess. <laughs> you know what should happen in a logical universe Sonia Deville, meddler, should come out and be like, this doesn't work. <laughs> like, I'm going to take you off the team because you can't coexist. Yeah. Because she's meddled already. Meddled already. <laughs> Try again. Meddled already for non-existent reasons. So they are giving her a reason to actually yeah. get in the middle and say, why would you put us on the same team? This doesn't work. She's not going to. The team are just going to be forced to separate her. Michael Cole is going to say, how's this going to work on Sunday? And everyone is going to scream at the TV. It's not, Michael. <laughs> I, you know what I think is going to happen? It's going to be even dumber than that. You're right. I don't think we're getting a finish here. Why would you do that? <laughs> Two nights before Survivor Series. Um, but it's going to be completely illogical because what's going to happen is, I think this is when Team Raw is going to invade, right? Okay. And they're suddenly going to go from, oh, we've got to fight each other to, wait a second, we're on the blue brand. We bleed blue. You guys bleed red. Let's have a fight with them instead. <laughs> Right, but if I'm if you and me are on Team Raw mm -hmm. and we're sat there and we're going, seeing there's a fight between two of the people we're going to be facing on Sunday tonight on SmackDown, don't interfere. Let them kick the crap out of each that other. Actually, yeah. mm -hmm. And yet, what's going to happen is they're going to show up and then force them to team, which is the polar opposite of what you should do. It's like saying, oh well. You know, the team we're going to play is in, uh, in complete disarray. So what we'll do is uh, tell them where they're going wrong uh, <laughs> before the big cup final on Sunday. What the hell are they thinking? That's what I think is going to go down tonight. In, I think that's when it's probably going to maybe main event or, you know, something like that quite possibly. Uh, if not, if they're not doing something with, with Roman and E, for example. And then it's going to be the whole battle lines have been drawn. Join us for Sunday, etc. I think it's just going to be the big sell at the end of the show quite possibly and... I've some got, people standing in the crowd wearing one colour T-shirt and some people gathered in a ring wearing another colour T-shirt. And you're going to think, yeah. when, when Becky Lynch was uh, like, just getting over it, was that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember when NXT were here? Well, that was a thing. And it wasn't a dying brand because Vince were like, colourful. What was it? A 0.11 this week, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I've, got your, uh, I've got your set piece as well. So Shotzi and Sasha are having the match, and then the camera on the Titantron shows that the, the Raw women have arrived and they've attacked the other three members of the team in the locker room. So, you know, Shotzi and Sasha are looking and they're thinking, oh, like we're going to have to coexist because we know the women are coming for us. But it's not just about the physical, is it? It's about the mental. They want to play mind games. So they leave, as you say, wisely, they leave Shotzi and Sasha. They're just like, beat each other up. We don't care. We've taken out your other partners because they aren't paying attention. And on the way out, they kick Shotzi's tank over. Oh, snap. Picture the revival knocking over the New Day's ice cream truck, but 50 times less important or interesting or memorable or memeable. <laughs> I like the idea as well. As the invasion happens, and because and he's all up, always up and down, isn't he, McAfee? He's jumping up and he's like, Michael, look, look what's happening. This isn't right. This isn't right. And then suddenly from the crowd comes Byron Saxton. <laughs> he comes and squares up to Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee's like, oh, I'll kick your head in. I used to play American football for a living. But he pushes him and 
Corey Graves just knelt down behind him. Like, he <laughs> falls over. Oh my God, Jordan's for Sunday. Red versus blue. I would love that if only for the still image of Corey and Byron doing the push and fall thing side by side with like this time last year, Pat McAfee and War Games. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Well, let us know your thoughts on that and uh, everything ahead of tonight's episode of SmackDown as we look towards Survivor Series on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Got the AW Rampage preview coming later, WrestleCulture with a hashtag BloodyGoodQuiz. And, of course, the extended Survivor Series preview coming tomorrow. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.